Hey, everybody, welcome in. Another week. And it's, uh, I guess it's not summer anymore. Well, it's officially summer, but it's really not. Took my, your mouth. Took my pool down yesterday, so me, that's the end of summer. Tom Asaway, Clarence Black in the house on the wrap, NRM Streamcast. Uh, welcome into the Jim Reels Friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios in Farmington. And, uh, yeah, so you're back it, from a trip. No, if it was heated, I'd have it on yeah, still. All Next right. year, I'm going to try to save up my pennies and get a heater because we to are, really uh, enjoy the pool, you got to have the heater. We're doing an in-ground pool. That's great. With the heater and all Good that for stuff, you. part of the expansion spa of, too. of the home. I mean, I'm thinking I'm have a little cigar room. Yeah, well, you, could, you should do you're a spa, too. You're not a cigar too. guy, are you? No, but I, you know what? What? Tell, I don't tell mind. Me. I don't mind the smell of a cigar. Okay. You, all right. I'm Better say than cigarettes. I'm say, yes. Better yes. than cigarettes. I had one yesterday. Um, yeah, man, me and my kids went to see my brother in D.C. That's awesome. And it was uh, just amazing place. Dude. Uncle History, who? Um, Uncle Rashad. Uncle Rashad. Uncle Rashad. And he's a uh, shout-out to St. John's College High School. He's the uh, defensive coordinator, associate right. head coach. I see you in that sweatshirt. Yeah, I always man. thought it was the Redmen, yes, no, but it was, it was his school. It's, uh, man, I tell you what, the bro, I want uh, if I get a chance, I want to take you down there to see that football blow your mind. Awesome. Oh my God! Blow you. Gonzaga's got the number one quarterback in the country. Nice. Um, Caleb Newman from Gator, there, uh, from Gonzaga. Yeah. So that conference, you know, those teams in Gonzaga, St. John DeMatha, St. John's College High School. Man, those guys. I mean, they play big boy football. I mean, you're watching like grown ass. You know, they play the ESPN top hundred. Like they don't even play in their state. You know. Which, ironically, man, that's, you know, Imani Bates. They, you know, the, the, the charter school and the La Lumiere and, and people are a whole different topic for a different day. And yep. people are kind of, you know, you know, asking the questions now about these supposed um, sports farms or whatever. But but out there, it's just the Catholic schools are so big and rough and dominant that, I mean, they just they beat up on everybody, man. Wow. So, yeah, we had, a, we had a great trip, man. Great that's trip. great, man. Great and uh, we wish your brother the best and keep yeah, healthy. Yeah, keep your whole family good. healthy. Doing good. And, uh, you know, it's football season. Last night I uh, was flipping channels, and what do you know? I see BYO against Navy. And I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Uh, it was like 39 yeah. nothing before I batted an eyelash. And uh, who, uh, who won? Navy? Oh, BYU. BYU and yeah. supposedly BYU's pretty darn good, no, but you're not going to know. Uh, so one of his kids uh, plays for BYU. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we got more to come, but you know what? We got our good friend Mike O'Hara. I haven't talked to, to Mo in a long time. Long time Detroit News scriber with the Lions. Now he writes for DetroitLions.com. You'll hear him on WJR as well. My good friend Mike O'Hara in the house. What's up, Mo? I'm doing fine. Did you did, did you have 50 on a Fennec the way I did? I didn't, Mo. I was just going to tell you that. <laughs> I had it the other way. I had Tiz and Authentic wheeled, and like a dummy, a dumb horse player, I didn't back it up and cost me a lot of money. Well, you just would have spent it. I know. We're giving it to Kathy and the kids. That's Don't right. Worry about it. It, would have, it was a hell of a race, though, and tis the law had really his, was. tis the law had a shot, but authentic was was game as they come, and wow, man, uh, it's it's still great to watch that derby. I still get the chills when I see it. I know you and I are the big horse fans here in Detroit. Yeah, I know you didn't call about horse racing, but once I saw tis the tis the whatever tis uh, the law make a run tis the law. I'm sorry, make make a run right there around. The head of the stretch and then sort of just hung it. Yeah, I knew it was then they weren't going to catch up. Nope, it, it was, was over. Crazy. He had dead aim at him. And the Preakness comes October fifth. Uh, we'll see. It's supposed to be a really good field because you know it's not going to be a not going to be a, 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 a triple crown winner. But these horses now, Mo, are having 
all this time off in between races. You know, three months between the Belmont and Derby, now a month between the Preakness and Derby. Now, going forward, they're saying they might do these races a month apart now instead of two weeks apart. What do you think of that? Well, it's, it's, you know, it's the same for every horse. You know, it really is. So I, don't, I think one thing that I, I noticed, though, and, and when I used to cover this, after the Kentucky Derby, you get 15, 18, 20 you know, horses entered. A lot of them, even they had a claimer one year, guy opened, entered his horse and he was nominated, of course, because he just went into the tickets to get in with his family and yep, all that. of course. But you'd say, you'd say six or seven horses at the Preakness in, in, in two weeks. Now there'll be more yeah. horses in the field because it's the last race. It sort of replaces the Belmont. It does. Regard. It does. Mike O'Hara joins us, and of course uh, he lives out at Allen Park and lots of things going on in AP. Lions getting ready to kick off against the Bears on Sunday. Kickoff starts actually Thursday. It's Houston and, and the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. That's this Thursday. So Lions and Bears, Mo, last two years, Lions have been swept. Lions did sweep them back in 2017. That was with Jim Caldwell and the gang. But what, what, what's with this Lion team? Uh, this season obviously is very different. No preseason. You know, you could barely watch the practices. Okay. Take us take us through the Lions and uh, obviously their cuts on Sunday. I really want to ask you about losing a fifth-round draft pick. <laughs> well, it's, you know, I listened to another station a little while ago, and you would have thought that they lost a five-time Pro Bowler. I understand. But I get it. You, know, you want to be really – there's hope in every draft pick, and when you get to the fourth, maybe the fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, everything looks like a steal. They look at the stats, a 1,000 yards, running or receiving, whatever Huntley did. And I was intrigued by him, too, Tom, and I got to admit. But uh, – Look, he got cut for a reason. The reason I didn't think was he had trouble catching punts. Yeah. That was probably one of the things he was going to do. He also, he had the uh, misfortune of coming up against Jamal Agnew, who had made a, uh, a position switch from, you know, really part-time cornerback, full-time, uh, run, uh, full-time returner to you know, maybe a contributing wide receiver and still have his, his return duty. So they had that covered with him. And plus you had him as a, as a ready-made receiver. He's had a little bit of offense in his first three seasons with the Lions. I think there was just a squeeze now from what I understand. Yeah. They wanted, they thought they'd get Huntley back in the, on the practice squad. Uh, the Eagles had other thoughts on that. Yeah, they and did. Claimed him. But it happens. It, it happens does. All, you know, it happens up and down the, up and down the line. Uh, and then Mike O'Hara with us right now. Clarence Black, Tom Mazaway, obviously Adrian Peterson, a big story here in town. It would be wonderful if it was 2010, but we'll take him in 2020. <laughs> I think he's going to be good here. Has anybody said AP and AP yet? No. Said yeah. that? <laughs> I think uh, I might have saw that. It, it's, your, it's yours, Tommy. You, you, I think you, I might have saw it, Mo. Go ahead. Tell us about and AP. I, you know, well, I mean, this was, look, I, you know, our good friend uh, and my podcast partner, Kenny Brown, had been on opposite sides <laughs> of this for two or three years. He kept thinking, look, I'd go out and get Adrian Peterson. I'd go out and get Adrian Peterson. <laughs> and ever since, you know, he left uh, the Vikings and ended up with the Saints for one week, I think, and maybe the Arizona Cardinals yeah. for three weeks or whatever. I just kept thinking he was done. Well, he was anything but done the last two years uh, with the Washington football team. And But i got to tell you, when I saw him play against the Lions last, what, mid-November, I guess it was, uh, uh, he, he just looked like a guy, you know, maybe a little less than a guy. But the statistics and what he's done are undeniable. You know, he's got almost 2,000 yards combined the last two years. He once did more than that in one season. 
But one thing I look for in running backs is yards per carry. Now, if a guy's got 10 carries for 90 yards, doesn't mean he's a nine-yard you know, nine right. running back. But with Peterson, he's had, I think, was it maybe two, almost 400 carries. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. Some good carries. sample sale. And he's average. He had 4.2 one year, 4.3 the other. So he's, you know, he's, he's probably more than, an, in that regard, more than an average running back on a very, very poor football team that had very little else going for it. One thing about the Detroit Lions, whatever their issues have been the last two or three years, moving the ball is not one of them no. when you got Matthew Stafford because they have guys who can catch it, guys who can catch it and run with it, and guys who can just flat out go. So he'll get some shots here, I think, uh, depending on what he has left. Great offense uh, with the Lions. We know that, and we're expecting uh, good things to happen this year. But AP, I think, isn't he just over 1,000 yards shy of Barry Sanders? He's somewhere in that range, yeah. Somebody asked, would it be a shame if he beats out Barry Sanders? No. I think it would be fun <laughs> if, if we saw it, actually. Uh, yeah, I think it would. Uh, look, he, he has said, Adrian Peterson, that he wants, to, he, wants to, he wants to compete until he breaks Emmett Smith's record. Well, I think that's going to take another five years after Brady hey, going. I don't think break it here. Happen, break it here. If he wants to do it, look, if he's, if he's, look, just think about this. Suppose he's good for three, four years, and those, and those years are in Detroit. Now, yeah. I don't think this is going to happen. I'll take it. It would be kind of cool just to see a guy who was draft, taken in the same draft as Calvin Johnson in 2007. Calvin went second overall. AP went seventh overall. Hmm. Just kind of you know, see, what, see how their careers match up. No doubt. How, Mike, how big was it for them to get him because of the fact that he has been, aside from the major injury he had, the knee injury he had in Minnesota, the fact that he's been upright, and that's been the biggest problem. You know, Lions fans, you know, it's almost like when we finally do get a running back this successful, we can't keep him upright. So how much was the fact that not not just that he's a hole hitter, but that he hits holes and stays virtually durable, uh, how, how important was that in the decision to bring him in? Well, the old line, the best ability is availability, and he's yeah. certainly had that. Now, when he's been hurt, he's been hurt. Okay, that's, that's those, are, those have been big-time injuries, and, and the one knee injury was supposedly career-ending. I think he came back and led the league in rushing the next year. So we're, we're talking about a different kind of guy. And also we're talking about a guy who really wants to play football. I, I don't know him personally or anything, but it seems to me like he's one of those guys that football means everything to him. And you know what? Good for him. If you're if you're a team looking for a looking for a guy who wants to play football and wants to continue playing football and it means that much to him, then bring him in. I got no problem with it. Mike O'Hara joins us, DetroitLions.com. Go ahead, Clarence. Mike, how important also as we look, you know, one of the things that he complained about was, you know, when he got to he got to New Orleans, it was like, look, I'm not a you know, I'm not a gimmicky guy, I'm not Camara, I don't you know, I, I, I wanna get the ball and I wanna run. How much of a of it was understanding that he he really in, in a lot of ways fits what Patricia wants to do? Well, he wants to he wants to run the ball. He wants to he wants to run it with authority, stop it with authority. I mean, Matt Patricia has said when he came in at the start of his first season two two seasons ago, that off season actually he said, "Look, controlling the game is what's important," and and, and I agree with that. If you want to be a good, strong, tough football team, you've got to be able to control the line of scrimmage control the running game on both sides and get to the quarterback. That's it's a pretty simple formula. Not everybody can do it. In fact, most teams most teams can't. But the one drawback you know, with, with Adrian Peterson, even when he was at his very, very best, when he's in the lineup, you know he's going to run the ball. He's not going to 
Well, look, he's going to get loose on running and then get some receptions, but he's really not going to beat anybody with his route running or anything no. like that. He's going to get the ball maybe on screen passes and that sort of things and and, uh, and take off. I, by the way, I looked up his – he has a background with Daryl Bevel. Yeah. Uh, uh, on his his when he was a rookie in 2007, Adrian Peterson did not carry the ball on the first series. He carried it on the second series, and his first carry was for a 13-yard game. Later in that game, contrary to what I just said about his receiving ability, <laughs> he had one catch for 60 yards and a touchdown in a, in a lopsided win yeah. over the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Now, don't ask me why I looked all that up. Because That's okay. Was, maybe because, because I had nothing else to do. I dig it. Morning. I dig it. So I started going through it. But I think it's something like 19 carries for 103 yards. And that yeah. was the start of a four-year run with Bevel as offensive coordinator in Minnesota. And, and Adrian Peterson is a star running back. Now here they are. Was it fourteen years later, or thirteen yeah. seasons later, reunited here in Detroit? Would he be here, Mo, if uh, Carry On and uh, DeAndre Swift were were solidly healthy? Uh, I don't know, but I doubt it. You know, right. I, I really doubt it. I'll put it this way: if, if, if there had been a regular preseason, and 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 Carry On had like nine carries for whatever, and a couple of catches, and DeAndre Swift got his feet wet. With maybe fifteen carries sure. and you know four or five catches, and you said you know they came through it healthy and good and all that, then probably they wouldn't have been looking for another running Correct. back at all. But, I'm but with you. None uh, of that happened, but you know what? 30, 31 other teams in the National Football League, it didn't happen for them either. Right. Nobody played anybody. And I missed it actually. I really did. You know, I, I'll take two preseason games a year. I did miss preseason. Well, the reason I missed it, Tommy, is because look, I you know. Look, I do the combine and the draft and all yeah. that, and I like to see the players. And I like to see, you know, guys that, that I sort of looked at and my, my limited ability to determine talent and all that. I like to see them play. That's what I cover all this stuff for. I like to watch them play. I don't like to see them sit. Me too. And this year it was an entirely different thing. And, and every you know, look, we've got much more bigger issues than fulfilling my desire to watch guys play preseason yeah. football. But but I would like obviously like to see them play, and I think if we. Even if you get down to the veterans deep in their heart, they'll say, yeah, misplaying this year because it's a chance to really get yourself ready for the regular season and play at the highest level you can. The great Michael here joining us. Mike, if you look <laughs> in, and you're able to see that, look, we don't, we didn't have the major injuries this year. We didn't have stars go down in the preseason. Do you think that the league, just given everything, if you look at the, you know, the, the draft being virtual and how successful it was, the fact that – you know, you, you go into now your first game of the year with your stars upright. Do you think that we're going to see permanent changes based on on these COVID results for the draft and, you know, the, the health level going into the first game of the year? Do you think this is going to stay? Well, I think it might be cut down to two preseason games. They've been talking about that forever. I think you'll see some, probably some things that were not, you know, really just not related to the game on the field or, even, you know, and, and, and training and all that. I think you'll see some things that will that'll be adopted that, uh, that 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 you know measures the teams took during the during the off season during the preseason, and they're going to pick them and say, "Hey, that worked pretty good. Let's do that all the time." I'm, and I have no idea right now what they are, but you know maybe just testing in general, that type of thing. I, I don't know, but I'd be surprised if if there's like any like major changes in the way the game is played. I mean, you know they've been doing that year after year after year as long as I've been covering, you know, pro football guys and and he gets, you know, such as, you know, kickoff returns, uh, 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 blocking, 
tackling, high hits, low hits, hits below the knees, things like that. All that stuff is, is, is looked at year after year after year. So I doubt if anything in that regard, just the way the game is played, I doubt if that, that'll be changed or impacted in, in any significant way. Hey, Mo, what do you take uh, for this week's game against the Bears? Bears come in with, obviously, the quarterback controversy. Again, you know, who's going to start? Do they even have a decent starter? And like I said, they swept the Lions the last two years. All close games, though. Uh, what do you take from this game at home at Ford Field with no fans? Well, I think listen, before the before the Bears won these last four games, swept them twice in 2018 and 2019, Matthew Stafford was 9-1 and one against the uh, Against the Chicago wow. Bears in the, in the previous ten games, so is that an which one's the anomaly? I'll yeah. the nine and one is the real thing more Ooh. more than what's happened. I didn't the realize last, that the last yeah. two years. Yeah, nine and one. I think it's nine and one. But anyway, it's nine and one and ten and three, something like that. But look, I like the Lions in this game. I think I really do think though that uh, Mitchell Trubisky is, is sort of suffers from what, here in Detroit the Eric Ebron disease, <laughs> and that is being being regarded compared to yeah. other players who he's got to get out of there to you, uh, you know and that's look he no he's not Patrick Mahomes and no he's not Deshaun Watson but I don't think he's awful either I don't think all the problems in the Chicago Bears are related to Mitchell Trubisky I mean you look at that team they've had one playoff berth in the last 10 years yeah. is that Mitchell is that all that on Mitchell Trubisky did no. he inherit you know the, the the recent tradition of Chicago Bears I think he's has a chance to be a serviceable quarterback if he stays healthy this year he was bothered by a shoulder injury last year. Look, he went eight and seven as a starter, and the year before that, they went twelve and four. I know he missed a couple of games, including this Thanksgiving Day game. But since his rookie year, he's been a winning quarterback. And, Good point. And, and and so I think there's a lot of stuff has been brought to bear on him. But I think there'd be a good, tough football team. You know, they added to their defensive line by signing. Uh, 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 Oh, what's the, the the pass rusher from who played for yeah, eleven and a half sacks last year for Dallas? Uh, That's okay. I forget. Uh, I forget who it is too. But Mike, do you think? Do you honestly think Nagy starts him? I mean, was this was this a start that was because it's the Lions and Trubisky has enjoyed success against the Lions, or do you honestly just think he he did he he beat Foles out? I I just I feel like this is maybe just hey, look this the schedule opened up. Trubisky's been successful against the Lions. I just I can't believe for the life life of me he beat out Nick Foles straight up for this job. Well, Nick Foles was 0 4 as a starter last year for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I don't think past performances against the Detroit Lions had anything to do with. By the way, Robert Quinn was the guy I was thinking of. There you go. Uh, had 80 career sacks now and had 11 and a half last year with Dallas. No, I don't. I understand what you're saying, but I don't. I don't buy that at all. Look, you've got a, an entire locker room and be looking at you crosswise if you just that's the way you decided. <laughs> how you're going to start your quarterback on opening day. And I remember when this was a few years ago and the Lions had made a quarterback change, you just out of the blue that it was Marty Morningwake and asked one of the really, you know, solid veterans, what, what does that mean to you? And he looked at me and said, exhibition football. Yeah. So you can't, you can't, you can't make the suit to me and you can't make decisions like that. Right. In one game only because your team is going to look at you and go, oh, okay, what's next? Hey, Mo, before we let you go, 40 years ago uh, yesterday, one of the greatest uh, rookie debuts in a, you know in history, Billy Sims, as yeah. a Lion in Anaheim, 217 total yards, three touchdowns. Fox Sports had that game on uh, here in, at, at home. Was I caught a few plays of it? Man, that was that was uh, all right, man. He was some player. 
Yeah, he absolutely was. And I'll tell you, if you look at his record and compare it to, and I talked to Billy about this uh, earlier this year on a series of what we called Lions Legends columns for DetroitLions.com. And I says, Billy, if you look at your record compared to Gale Sayers, you have more yards, Jeez. more touchdowns, more everything outside of kickoff returns and played fewer games than, than Gale Sayers because, you know, wow. the, the Gale Sayers got in with a, you know, with a short career. I said, what do you think about you going into the Hall of Fame? And he just laughed. He said, well, <laughs> if they need somebody's name, they can use mine. Oh, <laughs> I love one it. Of the, one, one of the best guys I've ever covered oh, anyway. That's awesome. In any sport. Wow. Terrific. Absolutely and he, terrific. And he's got his restaurants, right? Doesn't he have Billy Sims? Billy Sims Barbecue. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Man, that was great. I, we got to no, see that was I got to meet him a couple years ago in the St. Clair Shores Memorial Day Parade. I mean, he was the Grand Marshal, and it was uh, fun to hang out with him for the day. Real true gentleman. and uh, Absolutely, yeah. You know, here's the thing about him, too. He really grew up in St. Louis and was a base, baseball player first. Went into football when his family moved to uh, Hooks, Texas. But his idol was Bob Gibson. Man. He wanted to be a professional baseball player growing up, not, not a football player. But guess what? Turned out to be a great, and I mean great, football player. Hey, speaking of baseball, we lost two gentlemen, uh, two legends, and Tom Seaver and uh, uh, Bob. It's not Lou Bob Brock. Gibson, Lou Brock. Man, it's been a tough. It's been a tough year, period. Obviously for everybody, but in sports, especially, man, it's it's all my childhood heroes are all you know. They're all passing away, and I know you had a great friend, and he was a friend of mine too, Vartan Kapilian, and we pay our respects yeah. to Mr. K and uh, one, of, one of the By best the way, in the Lou biz. Brock wore, Lou Brock wore number twenty. That's why Barry Sanders wore number. Said he wore number twenty. Look at that! Whatever. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't either. Hey Mo, great talking to you, man. Have a great season. Okay, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to do it again. All right, and uh, we'll have you on for the Preakness. Okay. <laughs> Another horse and a horse as you know what. Okay, That's right. Sounds good. I'll say, man. Take it easy, Mo. Thank you, Mike. Mike O'Hara, DetroitLions.com, and uh, he was uh, the man. I love, Billy love Sims, working with uh, him. Billy Sims Barbecue, 45 locations mm. operating across Oklahoma, Missouri, Kansas, Arkansas, Texas, Iowa, Colorado, and Michigan. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad, man. So what do you like, man? It's football time. But, oh, uh, you know, college football. And then today, on the Dan Patrick Show, he breaks the news. And Dan was the guy last week that broke the yeah. news that the Big Ten might be coming back. Right. October. Blah, blah. Yeah. Today he breaks the news that it's not looking good. Michigan teams? No. Illinois teams, including Northwestern? No. Maryland? No. Rutgers? No. Now they're hopefully planning mid-November. Yeah. But he thinks it's a long shot. So no college football here for us. It does not look good. You know, the frustrating thing about all of this, man, is that we had our eye on this in February. Yeah. And I think that's the frustrating piece is we were taught every month we were like, hey, you guys need to make a decision. Hey, need to make some decisions. Need to make some decisions. And now we I can't believe that we're sitting here and it's the the first week. No, second week of September, and we're still talking about they're still trying to figure a way around. And, I mean, you know, think of all the deadlines we said. Because we were talking like, oh, hey, May 1st. And then we said July 1st. And then we said if if safety is your overall goal, you just have to make the decision and be done. Okay, but how about all the other schools then? Man, I don't know. Man, I I, I – I have given up trying to figure out the logic of where we are. 
But let me ask you I'm this. giving it up, man. The, the president right. the president was in a the president was in a freaking briefing and looked at a reporter and asked the reporter take to take his mask off. off. I like I, we are now in a place where We're a mess. it 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 you know, one person's scientist that says, Hey, you gotta mask up and do it this way is another person's nope, the science doesn't back like you can't put ten doctors in a room. No. And get the same. Or, or you know what you can do? You can put 10 doctors in a room that meet your particular political right. ideology, man. You and might get majority by, bro, by there, one or two. There are guys online that do what we do that are very um, Republican slanted. And there are people online that do what we do that are very uh, liberally slanted. And so I've given up trying to figure out where these answers come from because, know. you know, now that now that you see the parents now have their doctors. Yeah, I know. The parents are suing. The, the Big Ten parents are suing, and uh, because their doctors are saying, "Like, ah, dude, I quit." <laughs> I just, <laughs> I quit. Man. All right, you know, we're like we're said, out of time, I and we're going to come back. We got Rod Beard coming yeah. on next with us, but just just play, see what happens. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, okay, we tried. That that's my take. Here's how, here's here's what here's my last words on this. Bubbling works. It does. It's the only thing we know for a fact, man. We know we know bubbling works, and we know masks work. Yes. Does, is that enough to figure out where we can put teams? Well, athletes will have to wear masks then. You know, I know young athletes in high school just got the edict today that you will be wearing a mask if you're playing. Split the Big Ten into two different into two different cities and play on different days and figure it out. Thanks to David and Kelsey behind the glass. We appreciate you. Uh, thanks to Stevie Mack, always helping us put the show together. Mike O'Hara, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Tom Asway, Clarence Black coming back with more of The Wrap right here on NRM Streamcast.